1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. yeah! My
0: favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Alright, welcome to another edition of Judd's Hockey Podcast. Uh, Judd, Lindsay, back in studio. And Declan, when I say back in studio, because I'm actually down here at the Twin Spring Training. But you two, you know I would not pass up the chance to talk about the game of puck. And so, I am joining you. From Fort Myers Florida, where the twins are warm I'm warm but <laughs> we're talking but more importantly more importantly you two we're talking about and why am I not surprised by this a Minnesota wild team that's incredibly warm after they lost what eight of nine they have now reeled off five of six and uh, your observations let's just start there about what's transpired since they traded away uh, Charlie Coyle and then Graham
1: well. I am. I of of course. When once I say I want them to tank and bottom out, what do they do? They they they, they run <laughs> off. Not just you, Declan. Five. Uh, yeah, it's true. I, I like to say it's just me, but of course they run off. You know, five in a row. I know they lost in the shootout to Nashville. But uh, it's it's very very Minnesota Wild esque, and then of course the bottom of the conference below them is starting to get worse. So now they're starting to cushion themselves a little bit more. I know there's a couple of them, couple teams still breathing down their necks, so to speak. But now the parity is starting to shrink even less, and now I'm starting to believe that the Wild are flipping going to make a dang playoff series. And I, I even even with this new blood and this new life into the team, I still don't buy that they can get past the first round. And it's the worst possible thing that they could do. <laughs> I won't want. I want a lottery draft pick, and that's that's not going to happen on, on this case, Lindsay.
2: Jud, you wouldn't know this because you're not you're you're not in the state of Minnesota, but and you haven't been for the last couple of weeks. But this winter's been kind of weird. It's been bad, and it's yes. it, it it doesn't feel like it's. It, it feels abnormal, but it doesn't feel like super crazy. But I feel like the wild season and this winter are weirdly connected because it won't stop snowing. The polar vortexes keep coming back and the Minnesota Wild keep losing a bunch of games and then winning against a bunch of bunch of really good opponents because they railed off some really good wins in these last few games. Against yeah. some really good opponents, and so I yes, thought they, they played so good against that against Nashville the other night. I thought Staylock was outstanding, and they needed him to be. And um, I don't know about that shootout goal that they allowed, but I'm not buying back in yet because I, I can't. It's too, the whiplash oh, is too hard. You.
0: Right, I don't blame you.
2: It's it's too nuts right okay. now.
0: Okay, but here's my question, and I guess this is my point, and and I agree with what both of you are saying, and Declan's frustration makes sense. But here's where I'm sort of torn. All right. How much of this do you feel is uh, typical of this team, right? They fall apart. And just w- when you're like, okay, that's fine. Just completely go in the tank. They rally. I mean, we've seen this for how long. But here's where I'm torn. Since the trades. <laughs> Shocking. The trades. The <laughs> trades. No, and and I'm not back on board. But, you know. Oh, yeah, you John. Donato, Donato, Donato's been a different player. And I, I've got the stats here. Since that trade. Donato's played in six games here. He's got two goals, five assists. He's a plus five. Charlie Coyle went to Boston. Guess what? Four games, no points, minus one. So he's made the difference. (laughs) Kevin Fiala is a different player, and and, and he has not done that much. But my point being is, how much do you guys sort of uh, revert back to same old wild, which every time that you think that the stake has been pierced through their heart, they come Mm -hmm. back, and how much is possibly – They made some trades, and it's actually made a potential, I say potential, chemistry difference.
2: I, I think you're I think you're onto something there, Judd. Because as much as I I'm sure that many listeners, many of the fan base, and myself included, there we're tired of this constant back and forth. But this team does feel different in the last couple weeks. Like when I was watching that shootout the other night against Nashville, and they he's and Bruce sent Donato and Fiel out, both of them missed the net. But like even though they missed the net, this is so stupid that I'm saying this, but. Their misses were, like, exciting to me in some way because you're like, you're seeing these moves, you're seeing them come in with speed and just coming in and ripping it. You know what I mean? We're used to these guys coming in slow, lackadaisical, trying to dipsy-doodle around. And there you can tell that this team knows that there's new blood in it and that it's revitalized by it. So that's why I'm like, I'm still kind of uneasy about it but I have a better feeling about it than I would have if they hadn't made any moves and we were seeing this yet again.
1: I liked that Bruce sent both of them out even though I think Fiala was like a career two of 15 or something in yeah. shoot out attempts and Donato I think only had like one in his career but that that shows me that Bruce said all right these are our new guys go out and see what happens and I love that he just sent out the first two acquisitions right out there even if they're not Good shootout play. He did that with Victor Rask, and I think he may have did that for another reason.
2: Yeah, that was some psychological warfare that time.
1: But I, I like that he sent out those two kids knowing, like, this is the future of the club in a way. And yep. let's see what you guys can do.
2: And rewarding their good play, right? And that's what Bruce has, has done over the course of his career. Is that when he when they brought him in a couple of years ago, they said, "Well, now the the personalities are going to be put in check." And now that some of those uh, problematic personalities have been moved out of the room, or at least the chemistry is just a little bit different, he's able to go back to his roots as a coach and be like, "Oh, you're playing well, Eric Tenek. Hop out on the on the three on three overtime." We Judd. In three months ago, would you, how much money would you have put down to say like, you will Erickson act will never be on like a three on three overtime and he's going to be a bust? And how much different has that opinion changed for you?
0: Uh, three months ago, I probably would have put down, it wouldn't have been that much, probably just my house, my, <laughs> do- my dog <laughs> and everything else I own. And, and, right. and I think with him, and, and this is not advocating or being happy that a player got hurt, but I think. With his case, it was a blessing for him that Koivu got hurt. Yeah. Right. yeah, because because he clearly came back here, and they said, "Dude, you're about out of chances here." And by the way, you have to play well. And to his credit, we I just watch him play now, and I'm and I keep saying to myself, "Where was even a smidge of this?" Yeah, right? Yeah,
2: it's crazy. You see, you see him going to the corners, and he's taking yeah. on two guys and walking, out, and he just. He looks taller. I'm not joking. Like he looks he taller. Looks bigger, yeah, because when you play with that confidence, you move your body differently. It's just these subtle changes. But he is playing so well right now. These last few games, and clearly, like you said, Judd, the Mikko Koivu uh, injury helps out a lot. I don't know if they told him it was the last straw, but it was all. They're all he, that injury also put the team in a position saying, well you you got to perform, and whether it's good or bad, you're going to have to play. And then he started playing well, and then all of a sudden the the ball starts rolling. All you got to do is get the ball to start rolling. He's he's playing unreal right now. I'm super
1: pumped. You know who else is playing very, very well right now ever since the trade's Mr. Jason Zucker, Judd's favorite player. He he yeah, also Judd. he also is you looking know why. very. He's motivated. You guys know why? He's motivated. They,
0: they almost gave him away yeah. to Calgary. Did you see him back checking the other night, Judd? Did you see this some no, defense? Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton. I I have started to to refer to Fenton as puppet master Paul. <laughs> if you think about this, these guys are puppets. Zucker is, is Zucker's oh, revitalized play is the most predictable. I, I tweeted his goal against the Flames. Uh, a couple nights ago, oh my was, God. was was almost cliche because it was so in the Zucker storyline. Yeah, the great, the greatest thing that got out was Jason found out that he basically, the he came, you know, within minutes probably of being dealt. Yeah, he and, and th- but this is what's so frustrating. I know that this is him, and he can play like this consistently. So, so in my mind, it's like okay, let's get through two weeks now, and things go back to normal, right? I don't think keep they're going to though Jason. Well but but that's the point with Jason is keep it up then. This is him. He can play like this. Well right. And, and if and if he can, Puppet Master Paul did a fantastic <laughs> thing by making sure the news got out that he almost traded this guy.
2: I think it's def- that definitely plays a uh, plays a factor into it. He's a he's a proud guy, just like every other player. If you hear, even if you are traded, it's you're traded into a better situation. That you are like a Ryan Donato type. You do kind of have that chip on the shoulder mentality. But I also think a large part of Jason Zucker's kind of resurgence in recent games has been the fact that he has lost his best friend and one of his you know most consistent line mates in the last since his entire career in the last week. And so, or last couple weeks, I should say. And so, there's also a huge shift in in terms of, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, his leadership role. All of a sudden, you know, he's kind of one of the only guys at his his age in the locker room with Matt Dumba out. You know, granlin has gone, Coyle's gone, Nino's gone. So he's kind of that middling dude, and everybody's looking to him as kind of that glue between the two generations of the players. And he's stepping up to it. And like, and I agree, Judd. We can't we can't say, well. He's good now. He's going to live up to the contract. This is this is genius. He's going to be fine. I'm not ready to say that either, but I am enthused because he came out on that first shift right out of, right out of the deadline, and he almost. And he remember when he railed it off the crossbar right in Calgary. Of course, yes. of course, oh my he god, did.
0: <laughs> of course he did. I could written the script, Lindsay. I could have written the Zucker. Sc- I should write the Jason Zucker career story because I know exactly how it's going to go. Judge <laughs> all Jason Zucker
1: biography. And biographer. I fear in three biographer.
0: weeks he's going to be comfortable, but I hope you're right. I hope he's not.
1: Oh, yeah it it's it's interesting with the team. I I don't want to buy in, Judd. I'm 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 being sucked in down to this wormhole of, of the wild and I I don't know what to do. It's almost
2: or wait, it's already been. it's, it, it it's quick march.
1: Yeah, it's March. We well, well, I pro- wouldn't I wouldn't buy
0: in. I I don't think you should scared. buy in. I I do Judd, I you're
2: do... 70% bought in right now.
0: Don't lie. I've got questions.
2: you so you're 70%. I'm, I'm, not I'm, bought, d- I'm not No, no,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> it's no, good. They're good. No, I'm a thirty. I'm probably. No. I was at, I was uh, three weeks ago. Let's say I, I was at five percent. I'm yeah. probably now more at like fifteen. I've still got questions.
2: BS. You're at fifty. Uh, Judd, you're the most ragdoll fan out of the three of us. That so you're you're more likely to go along with the flow. Lindsay,
0: here, here's the thing. I, I think you brought this up, and and it's becoming, at least right now, if this if this trend is correct, it's becoming more crystallized in my mind because that room. That room was never full of like bad guys. Like they weren't toxic people, right? Like Ramlin's not toxic. Coil's not toxic. But you but but they they were weak (laughs) and and they frustrated you. No, (laughs) but Lindsay brought it up. I think she used the perfect word with with Coyle being traded away from his pal Jason. Comfort. Yep. That room was so comfortable. And Mm. and I think that's Jason's problem. I think Jason, once again, another guy who I do not mean to say is a bad person. I think he's a really good guy as far as a human being goes. But I think what you had was Charlie and Granlin, to a certain degree, certainly, and and Zucker, for sure. You've got a lot of guys who got comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think what this did was, and and by the way, this also includes, at times, the goaltender. I think it prods them. And I think that they see stuff like this, because they're not a awful team, really, or they're not terrible players. Mm-hmm. So they see this, and I think LB is right. I think it's like, Oh my god, he just traded three of our buddies. Oh, oh my Oh no. And and they do the good thing, which is rebel and play well.
2: Right. And and plus, the the trading obviously the, the friendships are tough as well. But also there with the comfort mentality, it's not just being like we're all friends and we're all here together and we're a great team and we're friends. What a valley Girls? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Um, it, it's it's um it's also the fact that when say like Jason Zucker's not scoring when Coyle and Nino and um, Granny are on this team, there you you kind of always have this you know, a little voice in the back of your head saying, well, I'm not scoring, but one of them will do it because they're, they're so good, such good of players. And while I'm not doing it, maybe they will. But when all of them have that mentality, when they don't have that, I need to do it, when they're willing to kind of let other people that take the reins, that's where you get into the situation that they were just, to, that, you know, just a month ago and now that they've worked themselves out. And that's why Jason's playing well because he's like, it has to be me out of this group because I'm the only one out here. Right. You know, so he takes ownership of it, and that's what this and and these young kids are taking ownership of this team.
1: Judd, let me ask you this: If if the Wild do sneak in as that second wild card spot, to so the last one, would you feel more comfortable going to Calgary or Winnipeg, yeah, or a, your tattoo after, after the perfor- <laughs> <laughs> after the performance against Ooh. the Flames? I mean, that was a pretty and I know that just a one one game, one small sample size performance. But do you feel any more optimistic about playing a Calgary versus a Winnipeg or vice versa?
0: Ooh,
1: that's a good question, it. Dex. Yeah. Look at th- you, Declan.
0: I think I would answer well, one. I, I would not uh, predict that the Wild would win more than two games in either series, playoff series, um, if if these teams if these teams are at full strength. But here's why I want Calgary. Goal pending.
2: Correct. John Lee are on
0: fire. Mike Smith can't help himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a moron with the puck. <laughs> what was he doing behind the net? I mean, look at the statistics. If, if you did a if you did not look at the score from, from Saturday's game in Calgary and you did a blind statistic test, I think you'd easily say, Oh, the Flames won four two or something, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. But
0: what's that idiot doing behind the net with the puck? True. Uh, so, I think... And, <laughs> Who are, and the which Donato, team are you talking about? Uh, Calgary. <laughs> okay, yeah, just clarifying, thank you very much. For you know, you. That's a good point. Yes. And, and the goal that he gave up to Donato, I think, in the third period was a bad goal, too. So, yeah, uh, goaltending-wise, I think
1: I would take Calgary. I think I would, too. And also, they're not built... They have yet to show me that long-term that they can handle playoff success, either. I mean, they everyone thought they'd have a better year. No one thought they'd be on top of the West heading into the last you know month of the season, either.
0: And a secondary thing, too... Is if I played Calgary, I would I would physically abuse Goudreau at every Correct. And, and he would never get out of my grasp. You'd, you'd have a shadow
2: hand. on him the I entire to, time.
1: I'd have, I'd have to lean on him the whole time. The
2: whole time you say you and skate he, around with him and you don't even it, you have to be within three inches.
1: And and he would take some penalties.
2: Yep.
0: Foligno would. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Felino I don't know if Foligno oh. should do it though. He's. I, is he the guy to do it? I'm trying to. think. Well, his PK is a,
2: hasn't been great over the last couple of weeks, so maybe he needs a little kick in the butt in that terms too.
0: Is there a small? But is there a smaller, uh, grittier guy that, like, that the Wildhead who who is quicker, why don't you who stick could on
1: like Zach or or cunnin Ooh! or. Ooh. I like Cunning. Why like don't we get all
2: rivalry this? going with Gaudreau I, and Cunning? Oh, dude, it you can know what? It? Let's go.
0: And Cunning and Cunnan is He's is
2: nuts. No, he's insane. No,
0: uh, no, play on words intended here, but Cunning is a conniving player. Yeah, I love so, him. Like, he could that could work. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan. I, I'm a big. Me he's too. a he's a guy who who if you watch him, you see all the stuff that he does, mm-hmm. and if, if you look at the stat sheet, it's like, oh, he's okay, right? Like he, he's, he's a mini great.
2: Zach, except a but, little more skilled.
0: But, yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, though. But if you play the Jets and the Jets are at full strength. Yeah. Ew, no, thank you. And, and I know that the Wild, I believe, if I'm not mistaken on this, has yet to lose to the Jets this season. Correct. Uh, but the playoffs are a different animal. They and do
2: that they, to Bla- to Chicago yeah. every year though, but when Jets, Chicago
0: was winning cops. I just think the Jets, they're so fast and they're so big that I think I would roll the dice with Calgary. And And if Mike Smith is Mike Smith, who knows?
2: Yeah, and especially with Calgary, the the size does make a difference, and I think people uh, sometimes forget that the regular season and playoff season are almost two different like versions of hockey. It really is, and so when you have hell knows that well, right, right, and so when you have a team like Calgary that is still really young, yeah, they didn't uh, they, they 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 did they win a playoff series two years ago or did they get swept? I forget.
1: I, th- I think they did. I think they squeaked one by uh, in the first round. And I then they a got couple swept, I think, yeah. the
2: next round. And so right. some of them have a taste of that success, but like. What what what's weird to me about Calgary is that they have a lot of players, but like, what is James Neal doing this year? Where what has Mm -hmm. happened to him? He's been terrible, right? And so, well, but the thing is, is that I don't think we could we could go and I could talk about this forever about just different theories and different like how some personalities work really well in certain locker rooms and whatnot. But I just think that they're still trying to really figure out who their identity is as a team, and that there's that they're undersized. And that their inexperienced with their undersized team is going to create a little bit more of a difficult situation than it would for say a Winnipeg that has you know consistent playoff pedigree over the last couple of years. Who ha- like you're saying? Oh, we'll take away Shifley and Wheeler. Like Wheeler had, did he have four yeah. goals last night? No, he had for sure to Hattie.
0: Mm-hmm. But good they're luck like, with that, right? And right. you're like,
2: oh, but we forgot about Patrick Linea. Yeah. Oh, we forgot about like Shifley. Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Like what? There's right. they have so many weapons, and as long as Helen Buck is playing decent, they're going to be able to do pretty much whatever they want, especially on home ice. But... Who knows? It depends on whose confidence is running high. I mean, the, the Kings, you know, they everybody likes to make the Kings an example from, uh, what was that, 2012 when they made a run in the playoffs as the, eight, yes. as the eighth seed and then ended up, you know, sweeping Vancouver in their building mm-hmm. and, yep. and, and going on to win the Stanley Cup. So that's totally in play. It, it, and that's the thing is that there's... Don't all- you think,
0: though, don't, don't, don't you think that that Kings team was one of the last teams that... Because they were really big, physical, and got great goaltending. But to me, the... The league's evolved since then and, oh, gotten sure. fast, and gotten faster as well. Like, if you put that King team, Kings team back in the playoffs now, today, the goaltending was great, but I don't know that, they, next that, that they've got that speed, right? Right. That's that's where this game, that's what makes this game so fun to watch now, to, to me, was that next step, which is not just only strong and big and fast, and big guys, but also fast guys.
2: Right. And I think also too, yes, they they probably wouldn't do so well, you know, this year. But I think at least in the last few years of Cup winners, you have guys on those teams that are making these incredible playoff contributions that it's not necessarily they weren't, you know, contributing during the regular season, but all of a sudden their shared, you know, shifts so much like the Brian Bickle, you know, a few years back for Chicago. Or you know you have when when the Kings made that run it was Dustin Brown Dustin Brown isn't a huge goal scorer he's typically your third line grinder guy but he was t- everything he was shooting that year was going in in the playoffs and so it'll be interesting to see because that's where those confidence pieces come in where all of a sudden a guy just kind of gets hot if you if you, so let's say the Wild make the playoffs if you had to pick somebody on this team right now that you think would be that who's not exactly you know uh, consistent. Contributor right now, but that could get hot and really be like one of those playoff Con Smythe, you know, ride till you die type dudes.
0: Hmm.
1: That's a good question.
0: Uh, I would. Thank uh, th- you. Th- this is probably too uh, too high profile from what you just asked, but <laughs> I would probably go with Conan. I was thinking about it, I could see con. i could i think this this guy has and and I know that the I know sports fans hate this term, yes he's got it but he's got yeah he's got intangibles mm-hmm. that I watch him play, and I think to myself that's a playoff player
2: yeah, yeah, and I don't
0: even know how to quantify that. <laughs>
2: You can just tell, like, it's how you, this is another hockey cliche. He does the little things really well. He's always back checking. You can tell that he's always giving his best effort. Like I said, he's a mini Zach. Like, you can tell that Zach, even if he's not 100%, is busting his ass every shift. And there are other players on that team that you can tell that are not doing that every shift. But Cunning is right along that line.
0: Here's a a sort of cliched description. But when he plays, cunning has got the look in, in his eyes that he will go through you.
2: Yes. Even like though he's he... small. Yep.
0: And Zach does too. Yep. But but th- those are the guys that like Charlie. There hasn't been a day in Charlie's Coyle's life on the ice where I've looked at Charlie and thought, he's gonna go through a guy. He can't right? esca- <laughs> he
2: can't escape Judley, yeah. even though he's halfway oh, across country.
0: He just can't. He can't <laughs>
2: nobody can't.
0: Right. But because but right. because I look at the body and I think to myself, How are you not better? Like how are you not doing more?
2: It's like he doesn't know what he had. But or Cunnan say- has right.
0: Cunnin's got that look of okay I'll go around you, and if you're going to stand there, I'm going to go right through you. And that's the type of player that is is effective, certainly during the season, but you get to the playoffs, yeah. and that's the type of guy who you're like, oh my God, he just scored that goal. He just got there from there and scored that goal. Right. So I would say Cunningham.
2: Yeah, he's the get on my back and get after it type of guy. I would,
1: uh, I would take Donato. And really? that, might, that might be lame because he's just because he's because he's been so good since he got here. But th- I think that's a guy that people aren't going to be zoning in on. And when a guy that's shooting the puck at the will that he is, yes. I like the chances of even if the shooting percentage is lower. If he's if he's putting the quantity on, eventually the quality will be rewarded.
2: Well, and as the great Michael Scott said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Right. You know, so that and that's the thing. Like he's taking shots from the half wall. He's taking shots from weird angles, and while those are low percentage shots, the goalie knows that too. That's why mm-hmm. they go in is because the goalie relaxes a little bit, like I'm gonna shoot from there. And, what are you gonna do? Nothing. And, be-
0: and because he does that, uh, other guys are now shooting. And the thing yeah. that I, the thing that the over overwhelming thing that i've seen from this team since those trades is and it only took like two trades is this has become a quicker team but Mm -hmm. most importantly a north south team Mm -hmm. yeah like that's if if you were to ask me what's the difference okay it's been what like six games what's the difference judd you know you keep talking about how they're different blah 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 i would i would say this I would say watch their games with Granlin and Coyle, and I think you saw a team that tried to play a horizontal game. Yes. And go east west, and they were desperate. And Granlund, by the way, that's where he made himself yep. a- as an Olympic player. Right. You know, if you mm-hmm. took him to Mariucci tomorrow and said, "We're going to play the home games here," oh he God. would he be would an all-star there. National Hockey League player. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: He's Goldie, and in secret, he's Goldie. But,
0: but you see, but you see these, this team now, and they are very simply to me going north south. And in guys like Donato shoot, and guess what? Then guys are like, "Oh, you're shooting. It's okay to shoot." Yeah. And I really think that right. in a very short, as the kids like to say, sample size. That's, that's what the, the kids the like to say. Yes, like, the kids like <laughs> and analytics and they like sample size, me. and I think sam- and I think sample size wise, that's the difference that I've seen in this club.
2: For sure. And and Judd, you and I talked about it a couple months ago when we were watching the games, and I pointed out like when zone entry is actually way more important than people think, is because it shows you what you're feeling about your confidence in keeping the puck in and going to score. So, a lot of times when Granlin would take the puck in, he wants to slow down the game as fast as possible because he can make such unbelievably accurate passes and whatnot. So, he would bring the puck into the zone, barely cross the blue line, be like, I'm going to stop right here and try to toe drag, and then it would get caught against the boards or it'd be out. But now, like you said, Judd, it's much more north-south. There's a lot of odd man rushes going both ways right now, which is not good to go on the defensive side, but at least it's happening for the offense as well, which is really what plagued this team during their most recent uh, like uh cold streak and then for the rest of the year. But... They, at least they're getting shots they're 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 taking the zone not just entering the zone they're taking it and they're going mm-hmm. like we're gonna I'm gonna impose my will on you and you're gonna have to come get me and that and like you said it's contagious when you have mentality like that when those young kids bring that in and then they actually score it's not just them working hard and then maybe shooting it right into the stomach but when they actually score and then like donato scores in that overtime goal, goal last week mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everybody starts to believe like Oh my God! Minute. You're totally right. We can totally just shoot pucks and yeah. score more. It's fine. Go wild.
1: The, the question I have to Judd is it, this: the schedule in March gets pretty tough, especially. Who's uh, I mean, the
2: schedule not tough?
1: But 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 especially it really here. Tough now. You got Nashville yeah, Nashville and Tampa Bay up next. Two of yep. two of really good teams.
2: But they've been playing good teams.
1: You have San Jose on the docket. You have Washington on the docket. You have the Hurricanes on the docket. You got Vegas. You have the Predators one more time. The Islanders. I don't know if I mentioned them already. Basically, if you start beating these big teams, I think that's where we're going to get really sucked in, right? I mean, that that's oh, where most definitely, th- that yeah. that's where uh. you start rebuying back in um and you're not buying pennies back on the dollar, you're getting dollars back. So I I I'm very curious to see how they play cuz that this will determine whether or not I want to basically throw away what I've been saying for the last four months over the next three weeks.
2: Watch, watch Judd. You'll you'll see. If they win a couple of these, couple more games, you say they beat Nashville and keep it competitive or even beat Tampa Bay and and return from this road trip after after the Panthers, you watch national hockey media all of a sudden be, so they're a dark, horse oh, for the can, they're a dark yeah. course for the playoffs, they're a dark the to win the cup. And that's yes. fair. If they're playing that well, they're beating teams that they shouldn't be beating right now. And that's been their them all year, though. They lose to the worst— Yes, and they beat the the best. Yeah, and so this next these next three games are really big. Because you're at Nashville, at Tampa Bay. If you can beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, which did they do that earlier this year, right? did I don't, they do I'm that? I'm not
1: sure, but they've only lost like 11 regulation games. I don't think they, play
0: Tampa. they, they, I they played Tampa. They've yeah. not played Tampa in Tampa. Maybe i No, but, I don't think so. But think yeah, they, they do have
2: some tough opponents, but as yep. of late, they have been rising to the occasion. And even in their loss against St. Louis or a couple of these other losses against <laughs> these good teams, they've actually showed up. And played well, but it's easy to show up and play well against the teams that are supposed to beat you because you're just yeah. like, let's go. We're the underdog, so they got to yeah. beat they they got to go and beat Florida. They have to beat the Rangers. They can't they can't go yes. they can't lose to the the Sharks, the Stars, and the Rangers and the Islanders. They can't go over four. They got to win. They got to at least fly. I think 500 the rest of the way to at least maybe they'll get in being lower. But right. to have any sort of fighting shot, confidence wise, they got to at least fly 500.
0: Well, it's packed. Right now for that uh, last wild card, or the two wild card yeah, spots, right? Yeah. This, this I'm looking at this. Is we're so taping, weird. or we're recording this on uh, Tuesday. The Wild plays at Nashville tonight. Dallas is the top wild card in 65 games with 71 points. The Wild is second. Same amount of points as Dallas, but one more game played, 66. But then two points behind the Stars and Wild are the, of course, Arizona Coyotes. Well, like everybody
2: <laughs> predicted, Judd.
0: Right. The Abs are three points b- behind. The Oilers now have gotten hot and won three consecutive. So they're six points out. I'm the bla- the Black Hawks the Blackhawks who passed the wild for a while are now at sixty-three points. Um, but th- this gets us actually this talk of the schedule being tough, and of course because of the stupid bleeping bye week, the, the now consolidated nature of the schedule, because everyone had to go to get drunk in Cancun for a week, which is completely unnecessary during your season. They can go have get,
2: fun too, Judd. Go,
0: go get no, go get drunk in May when you've been a little. Judd, you're in
2: Florida and you went to you, New York last I'm week working. during the trade deadline. i they can go. I'm, they can go to
0: I'm, Cancun I'm, for a week. I'm working down here, and I know what's best for that league. Oh that yeah, Gary I'm sure Batman. you went. Yeah. Not the you,
1: you went to that tiki bar already.
0: You know you did. You and all 18,000 go of us. I'm going to go tonight and try and find the Nashville game. Um, so anyway, though, but this, this, brings us, this brings us back talking about the consolidated schedule and the fact that it's hard to Lindsay's favorite topic, and that's this. A big part of the reason for the Wild's recent success is Devin Dubnik um they also did they also did the exact right thing and got a very good performance on sunday from Stalock. they needed that bad from him well and they have to and and to go back to the point i think that we've made on this podcast a thousand times and everyone hears it as dubnik bashing you can't play him every single night no because he wears down and when he wears down he's not effective and when he's not effective guess what you miss the playoffs um so starting with you lb what's Mm -hmm. your what's your assessment now of how he's playing and, and take a look at the schedule, and you mm-hmm. tell me, how do you think that this should play out? Because the only real fault I find with Bruce is occasionally he'll just get into this thing of, well, I'll just play Dubnik. He's my guy. I don't think you can do that all the time. So how do you think that this shakes out with his play, knowing that if you play him too much and he starts to struggle at mm-hmm. all, you probably are just dead?
2: Well, I think, I think Bruce... Go. I think when the team is under attack like they were a couple weeks ago, it's easy to kind of go us against the world. We're we're gonna ride Dubnik until he collapses. So now that they've won a few games, and like I said, I think the Staloc win or the Staloc game the other night was incredibly important for Staloc and the team in general because he hasn't played. As well as he should have these last few outings. And he doesn't get out there as much, obviously. So when he does, he needs to he needs to instill some confidence that if Dubnik starts to go into one of those swoons, if they make the playoffs, that they can turn to him and feel okay with what's going on. So that's important. But yes, Devin Dubnik, I think if you're Bruce and you're Bob Mason, after you sit him down uh in that game, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think mm-hmm. he's responded as well as well as you could you could ask in terms of coming out being tough I think he was excellent in that Calgary game there was at no point where I where I felt that he was starting to get dicey I thought that he looked confident so I'm I'm going to make the assumption that he's going to probably start against Nashville tomorrow night and then they play Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay two nights later they'll start him there because they'll have a night in between and then they'll probably give Staylock the Florida Panthers game. Uh,
0: they've all, Bruce already said on Sunday he's going to give Dubnik the back-to-back. Probably. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard oh. that as well, and that, I, that confused I know, me. Which, is, which concerns me a little bit, too, because then that schedule is too tightly compacted to right. just be like, we'll just stick with Devin. And, and I yeah. get he's playing well, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that he doesn't play the vast majority of these games, but that's why I'm curious what you think right. as, far, uh, yeah. as far as when you're going to have yep. to get Staloc. and And in Alex's defense— I, I know that there have been times where he has not been great, so I'm not saying he's George Vesna, but I'm also have seen him enough he, it's not like I'm scared. No, no, goal. I'm not
2: either. But I, 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 wanted that for him. Like I wanted him to feel confident. And I, like, like he's telling me, I feel so unconfident. In my game. He's not. Like, but that's good. It's good for him to go get a good grind win where it's his show, where he steals a game. Those are huge for goaltenders when you go and. That's what happened to Jonathan Quick in 2012 to go back to the Kings. Is that he he could not be beat. And once you get in the mentality, if you start to go there, it's infectious as a goalie, and it gets higher and higher and higher, and then it goes from the net out and transfers to the rest of the team. So apparently Dubnik is starting three games in a row, so okay, Bruce. But that's fine. So they'll come home. Then I'm guessing Bruce will play him against San Jose then, and then Dallas, and then I think it just depends. You can't really predict. I think maybe if he's going three, he'll maybe go 3-1, 3-1. But it really depends on how the team starts to – Starts to perform against these really really high end offenses and stuff because if they're gonna if Dubnyk's getting shelled and it's been a couple games that he's seen a lot of shots and that you can see that he's getting tired you know Bruce might throw Staal he might change his mind and throw stalock in there earlier than he thought because I just think that you want to keep Dubnyk. As confident as you can. And sometimes he's not gonna have it. And that, that happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. It happens to everyone. And since he got sat that one game when they said, Well, we have a goalie controversy on our hands, he's been great. And so let's just let's just make sure and keep him happy. Just see like, what do you need to keep this going? What do you what do you think what are you what are you getting that's helping and what are you not getting that, that could be helpful? And and just Go day to day with him, honestly, but I think it's probably a three-one rotation: three games to Dubnik, one to Staylock. If things stay the course as as they are right now, so I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that I think that's what's going to happen.
1: Declan, your thoughts? Yeah, I would like to see him play more. I mean, just looking at the schedule, I would like I would like to see him start against Florida. I know Bruce has kind of said he wouldn't do that. I'd like to see him go against. Florida. I'd like to see him go against the Rangers, and I wouldn't mind even throwing him up against uh, the a, Capitals. A, the, the Capitals or Vegas, one of the two. I don't think he won't get both, oh, I don't but I wouldn't. I around. wouldn't mind him getting some time. We we we've, we've seen this from Devin before, mm-hmm. where he's just burnt out by the time the postseason rolls around. And I'm even curious too. Let's say the Wild do rattle off some wins, and they they even clinch with you know three games in hand. You know they 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 clinch <laughs> <All> with three <laughs> games left.
2: This podcast the- escalated quickly. What no, no. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I want to prove a point here. Lindsay, okay. I'm no longer the big fan. No, okay? yeah, yeah. no, but my point is, then what do you do? Because do you do you bench Devin? Do you want him fresh? Do you want him to get game time? It's – I'm very – I'm just curious with, with well, that's how, what you have to how collaborate. they plan it.
2: You have to you have to ask him because he – but he's the type of guy that you would say he – he would play every day if you asked him. Yes, he would. Yes, so – but insane. if he's starting to get worn down, but you have to just be in communication be like, hey, are, how are you feeling, like, mentally? It's not physically that we're talking about in terms of fatigue and other things because – Yeah, you can help that. You just say, Devin, we'll we'll rest, rest your body. What I'm talking about and what causes his swoons is that he gets mentally just burnt out and he's not able to be as sharp in the little things like his post presence. So he'll start getting beat from weird angles or he'll give up weird rebounds and stuff. That's what happens when he gets there. But... He did have he had the All-Star game. They had that week off. Then they've kind of had a they had a weird like week off this week. So it's not like yes. they're playing, you know, it's a condensed schedule, but it's well, not that, necessarily because of the bye week. It's just I don't know what's going on. And that's why
0: that's why the question is would, would you play him back-to-back in Florida because they played the back-to-back there. I think the key with Dumnick that this team has to know is that he will unfortunately because of pride, he will play to the detriment of the team. Yeah. So like he'll be tired. He should he should be like, "You know what? I I am wearing out here." And then they can be like, okay, you won't play, but he'll just, he'll keep playing. But it's actually not a good thing because long-term that hurts them because then he plays, he's tired. Then he plays another game and he's tired. Um, And you can't
2: fault him for being that. Every, every player should be like, I want to play every game. That's Bruce and management that needs to step in and say, Devin, I get it. You you want to play,
0: but you should be aware of, of your body. I think in 2019, I think you should be aware of it enough to be like, okay, this makes perfect sense. I, I want to clear something up, though, quickly. Declan, did you talk about a scenario in which the Wildcats was <laughs> a spot with three games left? Yes, I did. I was I was saying... Okay, the, are, yeah. are there drugs He's back at the studio? He's still drunk from his North Carolina trip. Are, are there drugs back in the studio now that are being distributed by Mackey that I don't know about?
1: Not yet. Uh, Mackey had the door closed when I walked in, for good reason. So I, 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 I don't know what... What oh, he wants out of me. I, I was just trying to prove a point where goaltending. I don't think it's actually going to happen you before. I did see
2: him stumbling in here. Yeah. He, yeah. Declan yeah did. stumbled he hit a couple over, cars. glazed
1: eyes. I yeah. don't have my contacts yeah. in today. It's, 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 <laughs> uh, I am, I am a mess, Judd. I blame my brother. Blame him.
0: Thanks, Liam.
1: Okay. Well, I just wanted to make it
0: clear that you did talk about a, a scenario. Under yes, yes, it's on the record. Left. And I didn't, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Thank and you, God. I'm sure it will be the headline on this podcast. <laughs> and Lindsay will put it out on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And three people will rip you, and two will try to, including your brother, try to defend you, and it's going to get
1: yep. ugly. So that's all I need. That's that's, that's, that's all that's I need. That's life,
2: man. It is.
1: That's all I need. Yeah, all but right.
2: it'll be interesting. It'll be Final fun. Final
1: thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, either one of you. I just want to see continued uptick out of Donato. And Fial- I, mean, I know Donato Di- will eventually have to come down to earth, and he didn't have a point yesterday for the first time. But I want to see a little bit from Fiala offensively. Um, I think he's played well. He hasn't played bad. And I think there, there's, a, there's a key in hockey where if you're unnoticeable, that can be okay. That, that, that's a, that can be a fine thing. But I would like to see him maybe uh, put a little more pucks towards the net and also get rewarded with a point or two.
2: Granted, he's only been here for like three days. Correct. So
1: there's Correct. that too,
2: and um and the first game that he played was was against his former
0: team.
1: Yes. So there
2: there there's that as well. Yeah, and uh, I just say trust in Jason Zucker, and uh, you know no, what you got to do. Ride is in you got to
0: keep calling him at home and saying, Jason, I don't want to alarm you, but we're close to a trade that involves you.
2: That's, that's your plan? And, and he'll
0: be like, the deadline's done. And he'll be like, no, but in June, you are gone. You know what
2: really works and with millennials? Out, it's psychological trick. warfare. Next day,
0: next day, <laughs> the phone at the household rings again. Ring, ring. Hello, the Zucker's. Jason, I just want to tell you. <laughs> the okay. I, I can't believe this, but the market for you is getting bigger and big- We are going to have to trade you, but you can't. But on June 1st, we can and then just keep going with that. And you'll get, I would say, by the end of the year, he'll have 74 goals, 87 assists. <laughs> he'll have won the MVP of the playoffs. Right. It'll He's be Smythe
2: after and they his clinch value the play- have never clinched been... the spot with three games
0: left to go with that like, deck. Exactly line. right. And then his value will be at an all-time high and come draft time. You trade him. See, this works. Puppet Master Paul. Believe yeah, in puppet-, puppet Master Paul. Yes, yeah, so that's
1: our next t-shirt here at I Scoring
0: start, North. I like I Puppeteer Paul, Paul better. Yep. Puppete- okay, well, that's fine, too. But the point being is these players are on strings and Paul Fenton is standing above them with the strings, perfectly playing them.
2: Marionetting.
0: Exactly right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Boots is good, too. Boots is in. He's not, he's not being puppeteered. Boots is in, too. So it's Boots. He's making fentanyl. sure the
2: strings don't get tangled exactly up when they right. put him back in the
0: box. He's the assistant. Yeah. Paul's the puppeteer. I love this
2: metaphor. It's not okay. creepy at all. I've
1: already texted Ross, Puppet Master Paul. We're going to get it going. And then you got Donato on
0: a puppet string. You got Zach on a puppet string. This works perfect.
2: Zach's playing really well, I love too. It.
0: You know what? I, I've said this before. Credit to that guy. Yeah. I thought he was done. Credit to him. Mm-hmm. He's come back. Um, I do think it's interesting that... Uh, I saw statistically between the Saturday and Sunday game, which oh by the way, we gotta talk about that for a second. But <laughs> I saw that statistically Souter and Spurgeon, I believe, basically almost played entire games in two days. Yeah. Like, like right. they played thirty the and 30. Spurge Surge, man. Yeah. Well, but Souter, I mean, my God, this guy is coming off a broken leg. There's no doubt in my mind he is going to that, that he's gonna come back next year and be better. Do you like, feel he's
2: better in the last few weeks than he has been the rest of the se- season? It
0: seems like it. Yes. Yeah, to me, I think so does. too. But
2: he's been a little, a little sharper inside. And, so, and, so, and you can see there's little instances where you're like, Ugh, but you I mean, know, he, but, snapped, he broke his leg. Yeah. So right.
0: I'm not even blaming him for the drop off. It's just been apparent for a lot of the season. Right. All right. Last thing I got to talk about this. What a joke <laughs> that a league. Honest to God. No, I'm dead serious here. This, this, this is just beyond stupid. Your, your, your There's no other league that would allow this. How do you play or how do you schedule a team to play in Calgary on a Saturday night? Which, by the way, they retire Jerome McGinley's jersey. Good what a hair, guy. Course. But then oh. the game starts really late. The game, I think Royce told me, Eastern time, the game started at 10 o'clock or something. Anyway. Wow. Okay. So that's fine. They play on Saturday. They win. Nice win. But then they're scheduled on NBC <sighs> nice Sports win. Network for the next night at 630 central time like how is this even allowed if this player association had any guts at all they would oh tell my the goodness league, no no but i mean in nobody, summary, no professional sport no no credible i shouldn't say this no credible professional sport would or should allow a team to have to go back to back nashville was sitting in minnesota while the wild flew home got off the plane at like 5 a.m and had to play at 6 30 at night yeah. That's the, this is this is why hockey off the ice can't be taken seriously by me, because that's beyond stupid.
2: Chad, they do back to back to backs in the NBA until like two years ago,
0: but they got rid of them. They cleaned them up. I know. Right. So
2: just give them a minute. Right. But
0: okay. But think about this, Lens. This is a league that has a bye week. All right. Okay, hear me so out. so the PA got a bye week passed. So they all get a week to go get royally drunk, unless they don't drink. So do the NBA space, players. Too much. Okay, so no, well. but, no, but I'm oh, saying, that's but, your then, Tuesday. But, then the, but then the PA gets that concession, Players Association gets that concession, but then we turn around and still have a back-to-back where you're basically starting one game at, let's say, 9.45 Central time, or 9.30 Central time, and then you're coming home and playing at 6.30 Central the next night. That is a joke. Sure. That makes your league a joke. Is it, is fix it,
2: it. Is it fix it? Is it <laughs> cra- fix it? It's <laughs> not hard. <laughs> You're killing the levels right now. Is it crappy? Yes. Good. Right, but you know what? They're professional athletes and they're young. And it's really the only one that they're they've done all year. And it's not like it's you know a month from now when they're really fighting for playoff position. It happens. I get it. You know we have like fifteen thousand tournaments in the XL Energy Center here, so it gets a little dicey for scheduling. I understand that. I can't even imagine. Scheduling sports. It, I, sometimes I think about that and I get such bad anxiety that I have to calm myself down. Of like somebody's job who's like, let's get everybody's schedule together because it would drive well, me nuts.
0: If I'm the wild, if I'm the wild and I see that schedule, and, and if you're the team, you clearly go through the schedule incredibly closely. Right. If you're the team, you got to call the league and say this is not. Well,
2: they're happen. in the Western Conference, Judd, Though you can't expect them to do that. much. I mean, just look at what they no, were doing they a couple years be, ago. But
0: they can't be starting that late in California. No, no, that's I agree. But I don't, I don't,
2: game. I don't think that's it, was it crap. Sure, but if anything, don't you feel better about them basically playing two games in 24 hours and their legs holding up? Isn't no. that more impressive to you? No,
0: I think well, it's impressive, but having to travel home. From what three and a half hours away? Yeah, there's there's huge injury concerns, huge yes, injury
2: exactly concerns. exactly right. Yes, but, but I understand what you're
0: saying. And and in 1978, you know what? We'd all be like, okay, yeah, it sucks, but too too bad. But I mean, this is 2019, and we have we have enough to know to say that's got to be an afternoon game.
2: Yeah, but they also have enough to combat it in every way, shape, and form that you possibly can. And it's not like they're frying coach.
0: Fix it. Fix it. Don't let it happen again. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's All, right, Jud, go,
1: go, All right, Judd. Go to that tiki bar Say for bye, me. Lindsay. Don't
2: forget to wear sunscreen, Judd Bye. bye.